What's up, everyone? Shane Larson here, also known as the Game Time Guru and host of Gridiron Game Time on the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network, as well as the host of the nation's best Ballers and Recruits podcast. I'm here to break down the college football playoff rankings for you, my thoughts, my opinions, my analysis on the entire thing, and tell you why I think the committee actually got it right, at least for the top four teams, and kind of break down those matchups that we're going to see. So we had LSU coming in at number one, Ohio State at number two, Clemson comes in at number three, and Oklahoma comes in at number four. And we're going to get some crazy good matchups with crazy good quarterback play. So we're going to talk about those here in just a second. So bear with me here as I get the graphics pulled up. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this and give me your thoughts and stuff in the comments. Let me know what you think. So first things first, we're going to be uh, here watching the LSU and Oklahoma matchup between Joe Burrow, who's the Heisman Trophy front runner, versus Jalen Hurts and Oklahoma. Now Jalen Hurts is the Alabama transfer, has quite the cool story. Comes back, you know, comes over to Oklahoma from Alabama after having some really good seasons over there, but some, you know, controversy in regards to who should be starting between Tua and Hurts. And so he finishes his time at Alabama, great teammate, comes back over to, or sorry, comes over to Oklahoma and has himself quite a season, uh, statistically speaking, as well as showing, you know, in their record and it, you know, produced on the field. Here's the thing. LSU, in my opinion, and I'm a Buckeyes fan. You guys know that. Uh, they call me the Boise Buckeye. That's right here. Let me see if I can show it to you. That's my Boise Buckeye logo. I mean, that's I love the Buckeyes, but I do think, you know, I, and I truly believe they're one of the top three teams in the country, and they have a, an argument to be the number one team in the country as well. Um, and, every, and we can get into that at a different time, but I don't think that LSU by any means did anything to not earn the number one seed because – they have been playing lights out. But what I do think people forget, and this is why I think we need to give Oklahoma some credit, what I think people forget at times because we put the blinders on how well LSU has played offensively and how consistent they've been offensively, we forget how their defense has played at times during the season, right? You look at games against Texas. You look at games against Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Arkansas, just to name a few, their secondary got shredded. Like, and if you don't pay attention to those games because you're just watching the stats, I encourage you to go and watch them in some form or fashion. Go on to YouTube, check those games out. You'll see that LSU's defense got shredded. It's very difficult to play solid defense nowadays because the offenses run. I mean, obviously, good offenses are going to put up points regardless of how good your defense is. I think that's just the case nowadays. So I don't, like, bash them too, totally for that. But that's what I'm saying is they gave up a lot of points to some inferior opponents opponents that are much less talented on the offensive side of the ball than Oklahoma. And that's why I think Oklahoma actually has a chance to at least stay in this game in the Peach Bowl because they, one, have experience, and two, let me tell you, they've got C.D. Lamb. Jalen Hurts has the experience. He's been here. It's not too big of a moment for him, and he's got an NFL receiver in C.D. Lamb. I'm a Blitnikoff Award voter. And what that means is I'm voting for the best wide receiver in the country. So all year I've been paying attention to the names that are on the ballot, and I've watched lots of their games. Like I took my votes seriously, so I was paying attention to a lot of their games. The name that consistently came up there was C.D. Lamb. And so I would always watch his his you know his film and stuff, and I got to see a lot of his plays and and pay attention to his games. I love that. I love the fact that I was able to be a Blitnikoff Award voter this year. I'm grateful for that opportunity because it's allowed me to pay attention to football in a grander perspective. I get to see a lot more uh, football than I ever saw before because I take my votes seriously and I wanted to make sure I was giving everybody a fair chance. CD Lamb's ability to run after the catch is like no one I've ever seen. If you get the ball to him in space, he has the ability to make plays. And so that's why I think Oklahoma against LSU's 
secondary has a chance to match them. Now, I don't know if they can do it for the duration of four quarters. As we saw in the Big Ten Championship game, like Ohio State and Wisconsin, a game is four quarters. It's four quarters. It's not just a half. And you have to be able to punch for four quarters, for 60 minutes, and sometimes even longer. And I don't know if Oklahoma has the firepower to do that against LSU. But what I do think could happen, and I'm not saying it's going to. I mean, you've got the Heisman front runner in Joe Burrow, but I do think what could happen is, you know, you don't have the experience. You've got, you know, this is this is Burrow's first time truly being in this environment. It's his coach's first time being in this environment. Maybe the jitters are there, right? Maybe maybe that comes into play. But Oklahoma, although they may not be as talented across the board, they do have experience from the coaching side and from the players. They've been there before. They know what it's like. Um, and they know what adjustments they need to make, and they might not be too too scared for the moment. So that might be their opportunity at the beginning of the game to jump out on LSU and make it a game. So everyone's sleeping on Oklahoma. Just understand they have offensive firepower. They have NFL talent on the offensive side of the ball. I do expect LSU to win this game, um, and they could end up pulling away at the very end, but I do think Oklahoma has a fighter's chance. It, I'm, still, I'm actually excited to watch it. I don't think LSU loses. I think they're the number one team in the country for a reason. Um, but I do think Oklahoma has a chance to make something of this game. Now, let's take a look at the Fiesta Bowl. Down in Glendale, Arizona, Ohio State's taking on Clemson. They came in at number two. Clemson comes in at number three. Now, the only reason that Clemson is at number three is because of their, their, their schedule. Their conference, we can call every conference overrated if we really want to, but their conference is atrocious. The ACC is awful, but that does not mean that Clemson is awful, right? So when you have top teams, if you look at a lot of these power fives, these power five conferences, if we're being real, take the ratings aside. Don't look at numbers. I think what happens is we look at rankings and we say, oh, well, they beat a top 10 team or a top 25 team or this or that. And we always look at rankings. Just pay attention to the games and how the teams that they're playing and how those teams play throughout the year and how they execute. If you just throw the rankings aside, I understand we have to have that for debate's sake, but throw the rankings aside, you'll see a lot of conferences are top heavy, especially the Power Five conferences. The Big Ten is included in that. The Big 12, the SEC is included in that, believe it or not. I know you SEC homers will be mad about that, but that's true. Like sometimes you have like two or three elite teams and the rest are all mediocre from the, the middle of the pack down. So, and you can come at me all you want, but we can show you that. Like, they're just as they're just the same as everybody else's middle of the pack. And that's just natural. That's college football. There's very few elite teams. So a lot of these conferences are top heavy. The ACC is one of those, like, and they, and they literally only have one elite team and that's Clemson, but they are coming off. A, they, they won a national championship. They've got returning personnel, especially at the quarterback position, a, a coach who's been there multiple times in the last five, six years, just pushing along, making his name coming in. Um, and they feel disrespected. So, they are playing like a number one team in the country. They really are. Clemson has played like a number one team in the country, especially the last five weeks of the season. So this is going to be a fun matchup. Um, they're coming into this game playing like a number one team in the country, but they're mainly just disrespected based on their strength of schedule. But if you guys pay attention to them, they are routing teams. They are playing with such firepower. They can run the ball. They can pass. And they can play defense now. Their defensive scheme changed up from last year. They were kind of figuring themselves out the first month of the season. They found out how to play defense, and now they're playing extremely well. We'll see what happens when they play an offense like Ohio State. Um, this is the difference with Ohio State this year compared to a couple years back when we went to, to the same stadium and had this matchup. Ohio State is much more talented now 
than they were back then. They have a better they have a better team overall and sorry, and I believe just as, this is one thing that, that people might forget is that 2016 team I believe got put into the playoff because the committee was trying to make up for what they did the year before. And that was, if you guys remember, the year before Michigan State made the playoff because they beat Ohio State late in the year and then went on to win the Big Ten championship and got themselves a spot in the playoff. Everybody kind of knew uh, that Ohio State that season, they were returning from their national championship run. They knew that that season Ohio State was actually better you know, suited to compete for a national championship, but they took a loss in the head-to-head -to, -head to Michigan State uh, late in the season at the wrong time. And they didn't make the playoffs. So the next year, in 2016, Ohio State didn't make the, the Big Ten Championship. They lost to Penn State that year. And so they didn't even make the, the championship game. So when they got in, they got put into the playoff, which was suspect. Some people thought that was kind of crazy, like da-da-da-da. But they kind of just went with it. They put Ohio State in the playoff. Ohio State was coming off of a very long stretch, and they didn't even win a Big Ten Championship, or they didn't even play in a Big Ten Championship game. So their next game was against Clemson and Deshaun Watson. And I'll tell you right now, I was at that game as my first Buckeyes game live that I've ever been to. Um, Clemson was the better team. They had better athletes across the, the field, and they were really, really well prepared. Ohio State just looked a little slow. They stuck in that game. People forget the third quarter, Ohio State was driving, and then I think it was Weber who – uh, sorry, Mike. We were the, the, sorry, Mike Weber, who dropped the ball. I think he fumbled it. It might have been him or Curtis Samuel. I can't remember um, at midfield, and I think that's when the it just was over. Uh, they were kind of still in striking distance, but the the score. I mean, Clemson finished that game off. But Deshaun Watson was literally the best player I've ever seen play in a live game. Um, I've seen him. I've seen obviously J T. Barrett. I saw Baker Mayfield. Uh, Deshaun Watson is the best player I've ever seen play in a live game. Um, he was so good and he was just super smart with his feet. He understood, he could see the field. So I think this is a little different though, because Ohio state's coming out here with a much better team. They have better athletes across the board. Their offensive line is better than it was before. Their quarterback play is, is better than it was with JT Barron. I know JT's a legend, but fields is a little bit more dynamic with his play. And they kind of have a different, uh, setup for him to get the ball in the playmakers hands. And Dobbins is one heck of a running back guys. So, I mean, as a Buckeyes fan, yes, I'm nervous. But, I mean, at this point, any team can beat any team. I think this top four, you should be able to have this mindset of playing any team, anywhere, whatever, right? They should be ready for them. Clemson-Ohio State is going to be a fun matchup. Clemson's – Ohio State can't make the same mistakes that they've been making the last couple of weeks by, you know, slow starts or, like, even fumbles at costly times. Those turnovers, I think when, when the committee watched some of those games, Ohio State had these self-inflicted wounds – I mean, maybe that pushed them into the number two. Like, yeah, they were beating these teams, but they had self-inflicted wounds. And you'd like to say, oh, well, without those, we would be beating the crap out of these teams. Well, yeah, duh, that's, but that's football. So if you that's part of it, you can't fumble the ball. That's called football, right? So if they didn't have those, I wonder if that, you know, and they beat teams more soundly, whatever. But you can't have those same mistakes against Clemson. They are going to absolutely capitalize and destroy them. So there's a couple things if you're Ohio State. You gotta you gotta make sure you one tackle in space or at least in the, in the box. Don't let guys break away into the second level. And two, gotta get the quarterback. And three, you can't have costly turnovers like they've had. But this is gonna be a fun matchup. It's different than the one. It's completely different teams than the one we saw a couple years back. I think this Ohio State team has a completely different demeanor. They want to win, but Clemson they're feeling disrespected uh, throughout the whole year, and they're coming off a national championship and they haven't lost all season. You guys. Stay tuned for that one. It could be a blowout again on either side of the ball, or it could be a really, really close matchup. It's going to be fun.
The last thing I wanted to touch base on here is the quarterbacks that we're going to see in the college football playoff. Guys, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Jalen Hurts. This is insane. And I posted this on Twitter. Guys, the, the fact that Justin Fields has 40 touchdown passes and one interception this year, yet he is the least experienced quarterback and I guess the most doubted of this entire pack. Is in, this just shows you how amazing this college football playoff is going to be. When your leaders of the teams are these four individuals, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Jalen Hurts, this is going to be insane. Uh, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is that pro-style quarterback. Um, Joe Burrow, so Trevor Lawrence is the pro-style quarterback. Joe Burrow is more of like the spread offense, but can sling it, you know, and he can sling it on the run. And then Jalen Hurts is, a, is also a dual threat. Like he can throw it on the run, obviously, but he can he's acts as a running back as well. So they, they have a different design for him. And then Justin Fields is the typical like read option, spread out. It's a little slower developing play, but that's part of the playbook is to get them into the space and get his receivers into space. And he throws, he's not a pocket QB necessarily like Trevor Lawrence. So there are different styles of quarterbacks, which makes this college football playoff super exciting. The fact that Justin Fields with his statistical season, the way he's performed so far as a, as a sophomore guys, he's young, he's still raw. Like he's coming into a brand new system, brand new school, brand new environment. And the way that he's performed this year, this young, like it gives you a lot of hope for the future, but like, it's crazy that he's the most doubted and the, I mean, he's still respected, but out of the, this pack of four, he's the least experienced. And so I think that might come into play though. Keep that in mind. Like that might come into play when, it, when they play their first game against Clemson, but my goodness, guys, this is uh this is going to be a fun, fun college football playoff. So stay tuned for it. I, I think it's going to be one of those, I think it's gonna be one of those that, uh, we're, we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for them to truly get the top four teams in the country into a playoff. Um, the year in, year out, they usually get like three, and then there's always a debate for a fourth and whatnot. But this year, I truly feel like these are the top four teams. It wasn't a very difficult decision for the committee. It really wasn't, but they got them, right? And, and those top four teams, four teams, are in, and we should be excited for it. Um, as fans of the, the game of football, we should be excited. Each one of those matchups has some some good points to it. There's going to be challenges for all these teams. Um, anybody can beat anybody and it could be a blowout. It could be close. We don't know. That's the, that's the crazy thing. And what I do like, and I know a lot of people may not is the fact that we have offensive firepower across the board. And I know people are like, that's not football. This sucks. There's no defense, but that's the age of football that we're really in right now. We saw what happened with Georgia and LSU. Like if you don't have offense, you're not going to match. I don't care how good your defense is. These these offenses, if they can put up more points than the other team, that it makes for exciting football. And that's kind of just the the age of football that we're watching. It's not to say it's better than a different era or whatnot, but it's just the age of football, the era of football that we're in. And uh, it's going to be exciting. Any of these teams can put up points and put them up quickly. And it, all these teams have NFL talent on on their skill positions like all of their skill sets they've got nfl either a qb that's an nfl talent running backs that are nfl talent receivers that are nfl talent and then on the defensive front they've got nfl talent corners there's defensive uh sorry nfl talent on the db side of the ball so like we've got a lot of good football players on the the big spotlight here so i'm excited i just bought my tickets to the fiesta bowl i'm excited to go down i'm not sure what's going to happen but i support my buckeyes through and through love them to death um I've seen some losses and I've seen some victories and I love them and support them as best I can. I think they're an amazing team, but if they, if they happen to come up short, I mean, Hey, they made the top four teams they're, They deserve to be there. Every one of these teams deserves it. It's not like there's a question mark 
on who should be in the top four. These guys have earned it. This is a good good spot to be. Now it's a heavyweight matchup, and uh, we're going to see what happens. Hope you guys enjoyed this little tidbit. Uh, let, let me know in the comments or whatever what you guys think, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.